Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat Podcast. Today, I'm joined by John Kinsella, VP of Engineering, Container Security at Qualys. Our topic today is container security in an open source world. Great topic. John, welcome to the podcast. Mitch, I'm uh, pleased to be here. Thanks for having us on. Very happy to have you join us. Would you start by introducing yourself, just a little bit about what you do at Qualys, and let's know about Qualys for folks that may not know. Sure. I'll, I'll try to give you the short version. So um, I've been in Silicon Valley from doing tech for about 20, 25 years. Over that point in time, I've done a combination of operations, security, penetration testing, software development, consulting. So I've got to see this from a whole bunch of different angles. About three, three and a half years ago, as co-founder of a company called Layered Insight, we were doing, a, uh, we built a runtime security product for containers. We can really geek out on this stuff. And then, you know, about about a sometime last summer, we 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 our little glimmer caught the eye of Qualys, and they got interested in working a little closer with us, and we uh, were acquired by them in uh, October 2018. So I've been with Qualys for about six, seven months. I'm uh, nowadays VP of engineering for container security. So I run um, three engineering teams with Build, which build our container security product. I spend a lot of time with customers, a lot of time working with the product, sort of helping out where I can. Great. I think we all know Qualys well from your vulnerability management history and so many enterprises. I'm, I'm a former customer as well. So thanks for being here with us. You know, it's, it's interesting. Let me talk about that for a tiny yeah. second. Qualys has been around for, what, 20 years now? Just this year, 20 years. Wow. They, yeah, right? They started off, you know, with the VM, as you and I saw back in the day. At some point about a decade ago, they started adding products on there. So, you know, web application, firewall, web application uh, scanner, indicator of security compromises. Everyone knows SSL Labs. That's probably, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, the number one thing out there. And then they went through this pattern of add, 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 and then about Two, two and a half years ago, they added on this container security product, uh, which was really a vulnerability scanner, which we can dig into. And then now we're bringing out the, uh, the runtime security from Layered Insights going to be integrated later, later this summer. Great. Well, let's do that. Let's dig into the first the vulnerability scanning. That was, or is that what was acquired from Layered Insights at the time? And- so the scanner itself was built by Qualys. And yeah, really, it, it's sort of continuing the path of... So what Qualys does is sort of, if I summed it up in a, a few words, is... Their model is they keep the proprietary stuff on the cloud side, right? So really any agent or anything that happens down at a customer side or in a cloud or what have you is really gathering necessary information, bring that back up centrally, and then doing some correlation to figure out what vulnerabilities exist in that. So that's now what we're doing for container security. We can do Mm -hmm. that for either, we can scan an existing container registry for folks to know what that is, where you store your container images. Mm-hmm. We can do is that as part of a, a CIC to workflow, which is, you know, the idea being the soon as that container image is built, we're able to scan it. Um, we have an SLA on that so we can get the results back in two or three minutes. And then at that point in time, just pass or fail to build. So there's science behind this, you know, um, the quicker you're able to get that feedback back to a developer, they're able to, it's still fresh in their mind so they can sure. um, learn about that, adjust it. And then the third product we have is is the the one which sits on a running host. And as it sees containers be pulled down or run or, or what have you, it's able to go, hey, have I seen that before? Let me scan it. Let me figure out what's there. So giving people that visibility across those three sort of sub-platforms in the containerized environment. You know, it seems we've worked from the scanning or the production environment back up further earlier into the tool chain talk mm-hmm. about how what Qualysys has done is really helping us earlier in the dev cycle around before CI things that are happening at that way yeah you know it's it's so I think it's it's sort of interesting to point out and if you think about 
where qualysis come from, a lot of those products I was talking about were really proprietary. Uh, and now when you come down into a containerized environment, my guess right now is probably about 90% of containers um, that are out there being used by enterprises, large or small, are based off open source. Sure, between Docker and, uh, and Kubernetes. That's got between be. those the big guys on the orchestration side, but then your base images, the, the CentOS, the Debian, the Ubuntu's, the Alpines, and then going through the software that's being used in there, the Tomcats or the PHP or really... Mm the vast majority of that stuff. So the reason I'm mentioning this is one of the things that we're doing is that vulnerability scanner is we actually have, and I think it's probably one of the better kept secrets in Qualys. We have a really sharp team of analysts and researchers that are actually both not just, you know, recording and putting into a database, the latest vulnerability information we find out there, but they're only putting that in when they know that there's a, either a significant chance of a tool being out there to compromise it. So we're not just throwing junk into a database. We're trying to keep the, the signal to noise ratio nice and clean, not, not have a bunch of false positives. But then also we're actually also actively working on finding vulnerabilities in these products. There was a pretty big announcement out there, I think about two weeks ago now, uh, um, EXIM is one of the more popular mail server tools, um, not quite as, as well-known as SendMail, but used by a lot of mailing lists and stuff like that. And our team found a pretty gnarly hole in that. So send a lot of people scrambling to go and fix that. But, you know, it's, it's a standard full disclosure argument. If we're able to get that information out there first and, and get that patched in, in, in a responsible manner, it's going to be better for everyone. So that's sort of the type of stuff we're working on with the open source community. So is that the kind of thing now that we might expect to be able to find earlier in the process, like during continuous integration here? Spot on. Yeah. I mean, it it goes two ways, right? So one is if we're able to do that scan with this information that we're building, if we're able to do that as soon as that, you know, someone just or get commit, get push code gets checked in, you go off to the the races with your hamster wheels Mm -hmm. doing your builds. And if we're able to do that check then, yeah, you're catching it sooner, but there's, there's two parts of this. One is this, that's spot on exactly where we want to be. But also once that container image has been built, it might be sitting in that repository for a few weeks, either being used or not. Sure. And then if a new vulnerability comes out down the road, you still need to be still need to be able to know about that. So when we scan for that in the runtime product, excuse me, in the on the, the nodes where they're running the containers, we automatically rescan that every twenty four to forty eight hours. So if there's new vulnerabilities in there, we can actually then go ahead and announce those as well in case something that as something new comes out, it's not just going to slide underneath the radar. Well, let me ask you a question about container security. I've heard some make the premise that the cloud native approach to developing applications, contemporary, you know, modern methods mm-hmm. leads to higher security or better security for applications. Do you think that's true? Or if we open things up even more with more layers, thing, other things that have potential vulnerabilities, what's your, what's your view of the world? It goes both ways, right? So I'm a really big believer in if we can have simplicity and clean design, that's going to allow for a more secure environment. So if you're able to have a container image, which is doing a single thing, instead of being a, on a, a host or a VM or a big iron that's you know doing God knows how many different microservices. So if I build a container image, does just specifically one thing, I can tighten it down, lock it down, and just that's in there. So that's nice mm-hmm. and clean and simple. On the other side of this equation... If, if you ever ever had the joy or your listeners have had the joy of, of working with Kubernetes, very complex beast. So there's a lot of really great folks out there at, at Google and around the world that are working on securing that. But so instead of a, a seesaw horse of, you know, which, which way do you want to go on that one? Okay. So uh, maybe it's helped. Maybe we also introduce new things that we have to catch up on too, it sounds like. Yeah. And we're seeing that right now. You know, if you think about 
one of the big things people need to be aware of, containers are not isolation items, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're designed for packaging and ease of use. So right. we're seeing about every, what, six to 10 months, another significant security issue will come out in one of the container runtimes, either like the, the Docker's um, Docker D or in Run C or those type of things. So it's, it's still something we need to be aware of. It's relatively new technology. You know, it's, we'll, we'll get people saying, oh my God, containers have been around for the last 20 years. And yeah, sure they have, but hmm. they, they were never really heavily used until just now. And so we're still working out some of those kinks. Well, let's talk a little bit more about in this containerized world, one of the challenges in security is always just knowing what you have. Mm-hmm. An inventory, some way of tracking, some way of knowing, okay, here's the 10 places this piece of software, this library, this whatever mm-hmm. shows up in our system. Sometimes it's been you know months since it's been deployed. Sometimes it's in development. Haven't even got it into production yet. How can Koalas help solve that problem? <laughs> so I'm... Um, I, I wasn't prepared for this. I just happened to have this this quote on my phone. There was a tweet which came up from the Qualys account about two weeks ago, which I've been I've been interviewing heavily recently. So if anyone out there is looking for a development work, I'm I'm looking to hire. But uh, sorry, I have to squeeze that in. There you this, go. This tweet is awesome, and it's describing the Qualys uh, cloud platform. 15 products, 11,000 customers, seven shared cloud platforms. It's now eight. Uh, 70 plus private cloud platforms, 16 petabytes of storage, 16,000 CPU cores, 1 trillion security events, and 3 billion scans annually, 620 billion data points. So the reason I mentioned that is exactly back to what you're just saying. How can we take this data which we get off of containers and then correlate that back against the rest of an environment? There's very mm-hmm. few companies out there that are a pure play containerized environment or serverless or what have you, right? We all, most of us have some sort of mixture of old and new. So I think this is where Qualys shines is that platform to be able to see these products across not just a single point, but how does this correlate across? As you just said, which of my containers has, you know, a vulnerable version of OpenSSL installed in them. So these are some of the things which, um, you know, we've developed this platform over the years and, you know, continuing to make it bigger and better and, and, and turn into really a data lake for security. And that's what gives that visibility. I've got one of my customers right now has, oh, the number scary, I think it's 1.2 million container images in their container registry. Hmm. Wow. How do you deal with that? Right? <laughs> that's a so, lot. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, what, what's also interesting about this to me is, you know, in a serverless environment where it's not necessarily up and running in a, in a production environment, I mean, it's available there to, for containers to be executed and brought up, but mm-hmm. uh, it isn't just about scanning the environment that's actually running. It's also what potentially could be brought up and run at any point in time. Yeah, and that's your. Um, I think without doing it, you're you're segueing very nicely into what we built over at Layered Insight, which is the the container runtime. How do you secure a running container? And really, how I came into this with my background, part of one one of my many hats is a uh, server hardening. Mm-hmm. So when we look at containers about three and a half years ago, we're like, okay, well, how would I, as a security person, how do I get visibility out of that thing? And then how do I actually go about controlling what it's doing? So we came up with a technology which allows us to see almost every system call which is being executed within a container. So every file that's being read, read, written, executed, deleted, modified, Um, every network connection that's being made, sometimes every function which is being called, say like in a a Java application. So that gives you this level of visibility right around the question you're just asking, which is really unparalleled. 
unparalleled. And then the second thing we're able to do is not just report on that, but able to control it. So through a mm -hmm. policy-based configuration, we can say, hey, I want nothing listening on port 22. The web server HTTPD should just be looking at var www.html star, not looking at Etsy shadow. So things like this, we're able to actually able to either through manually crafting those policies or by listening to the behavior of a container as it's being unit tested or uh, functionally tested. And then we're able to click a button and say, everything you've just seen, locked it down. So it just does those type of things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that really going back on top of what we were just talking about of the, the cleanliness and the, the minimalness of what's going on in a container image, if we're now able to then lock down and put controls on top of that, I think, you know, I'm a big believer in security and in depth. And I think this starts giving you a, a, a very strong story. Is that a common mistake that you see folks implementing is putting too much in containers rather than keeping it simple so that you can manage those more easily? Not as much as a year or two ago. So when this stuff started becoming popular, yeah, you'd see people with I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, you'd see someone oh, with. Oh, uh, come on, name names, please. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I, I love GitLab, but they're old. Um, they used to have what's called an omnibus container image, and that mm -hmm. had a ton of stuff in it. You know, kitchen sink. So yeah, you'd see some guys out there with a database, a web server, system D, like really almost like a VM image, but then a container. Yeah, that's, yeah but, that's a common mistake is kind of think of containers as another way to create a VM and they're not, that's not what nah, they do. Right? Not at all. And we're seeing that also, you know, as, as people think about moving from on-prem into a cloud environment, oh, we're just going to pick everything up, containerize it and have it run on Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. That might get you there initially, but you, you can't have that as your end goal. You have to think about how you make this stuff more flexible so it's both more manageable and, and able to scale as necessary. Mm -hmm. What would be great, maybe we should step back just a minute. I know you could dive way, way down <laughs> yeah, sorry, this. Yeah. Farther than I could go with you, I'd need to get a scuba mask and some help here. But let's step back for a minute. Let's say that someone is you know, already you know, doing best methods of vulnerability scanning in the enterprise mm -hmm. environment, and they're getting into containers, and now they want to approach, how do I do this container security? How would they start? What are the steps you would recommend people go through? Yeah, it, it's a wonderful thing when people actually, and you know, uh, quick comment, we're seeing people approach it just like you asked a lot more now than they would have a decade ago. So since people have gone through moving to the cloud, like IaaS or something like mm -hmm. that, infrastructure as a service, they're now more, they've got some of these thought processes in their head. So as they're coming to containers, I find them asking these type of questions a lot more frequently, which is really a breath of fresh air. So from my point of view, it comes down to two things. One is starting with that you know, minimal base image. Don't try to have a full operating system in there. And then as you bring your application in, it really comes down to making sure that you're using a CI/CD process. Start off with as much automation as you can. Not not automatically, but sort of piecemeal it in. I'm a you know, for my consulting days, I'm a big fan of, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three type approaches. Mm -hmm. But come in, start with vulnerability analysis. What is the state of this thing, right? You know, you've you've done a Docker pull, you've downloaded something from Docker Hub. What is it? Is it vulnerable? What's running in there? Get a sense of what you're actually using. And then as you get more familiar with that, you can start thinking about, okay, how do we automate the control of the security of this? How do we really lock down what it is? How do we make sure we're staying up to date with our patches? So it's sort of, you know, that multi-phase approach, but starting with tipping the toes in the water. I think, too, Qualys does a, a really nice job of, first of all, giving you a, like a Docker container that you can include as part of your over, overall cloud-native environment or, or containerized environment. But also, of course, your web console, your cloud service, 
essentially having a, an app that you can enable to be able to pull that information and kind of pull it into one pane of glass. Yeah. And so what we're seeing nowadays is, um, you know, people love the web UI, being able to come into a single place and see across those tools we were talking about earlier, but now also being more API driven. So, you know, a lot of customers using Splunk, they want to pull that data back into mm-hmm. a central place or, you know, a common one we get is they don't want to give all their developers access into Qualys. But if they're using, say, Jenkins, we've got a Jenkins plugin. So as that build finishes, they can see the results of the build, or excuse me, the results of the scan within Jenkins without needing Qualys credentials. Mm-hmm. So how can we fit into an environment is, you know, that's, these are the type of questions we're asking as, as people are going more API driven and more sort of cloud native. Who knew that uh, DevOps and Agile and things like that would enable security products, uh, even though they aren't necessarily dev tools to fit more easily into it? Uh, no, no, no. Spot on. This is something I, uh, a topic I realized when I was doing a keynote down at a security conference in Florida a few months ago. This is one of the first time we've really, as security people, had the chance to I say, slowly cook the frog. The mm-hmm. developers are stoked about some of these things you can do with containers, you know, the service meshes and like, you know, a lot of the Kubernetes stuff and all these agile processes, they're really chomping a bit to get their hands on it. But now from us as a security side or the developers or the DevOps side of things, we're able to give them those tools, but increase the security and the visibility of what's going on there. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. I know we've had a, a number of industry events around uh, containers, et cetera. Is there something coming up where you might be uh, having a talk that people could come listen to you talk more about? Um, I'm at a Amazon's re, I always forget the name of this thing, Reinforces Reinforce this week. Yep. I'm not speaking, but you know, we've got a booth and happy to talk about any of the stuff if folks are in town. Um, I think my next speaking would probably be down at Black Hat in Vegas later this summer. Oh, good. Hopefully I'll see you there. I'm planning to be there as well. Should be a good time. Well, as I said, uh, I know you can take any one of these threads and, and uh, weave a much d- deeper path with it, but we've run out of time, of course. I'd like to thank you, John, John Kinsella, for joining us. John's VP of Engineering, Container Security at Qualys. Look forward to coming back and talking more. We'd love to have you. And of course, we thank you, your listeners, for joining us. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you've listened to another DevOps chat. Be careful out there.